Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. High up on the gallows tree, swing the noble-hearted tree, by the Vensville tyrants tricking in their bloom. But they met them face to face, with the courage of the race And they went with souls undaunted to their doom God save Ireland, says the heroes God save Ireland, says the all And whether on the scaffold high Or the battlefield we die No matter when for Ireland dear we fall Rise they up the rugged stair Rang the voices out and stare the wings fatal cord around thy neck Close beside the gallows tree Kissed like brothers lovingly To the home of faith and freedom to the last Freedom! Welcome to Free State, everybody. <laughs> Joe bet me that I could open in a different way, but unfortunately, when I'm put on the spot, the humanoid... Only moves in one direction, pre-programmed direction. Even though, for this, he's just eaten a giant packet of Harry Bows. Full I mean, uh, sour mix I, I, on the way in. Paddy Heaney, who, like yourself, doesn't doesn't drink anymore, and is very ferocious with his you know, sobriety. I, I took him to match one time down in Navan. There we were playing Meath, and he made me stop in the spa, and he bought a giant bag of maybe, like, packet of Rolo, you know, a dairy milk, a giant packet of Maltesers, a giant packet of, you know, chewy sweets. I'd say he must have eaten seven or eight bags of sweets. I have no off switch. That must be it. I, have no I mean, he switch. had them all. I was astonished. Yeah. I mean, I, I sat there in, in wonder, wondering when he was going to go into a hypoglycemic fit, yeah, yeah. you know. Like, <laughs> you know, then you're like, oh God, what, what's wrong with me? Something's wrong. Because <laughs> it couldn't be good for you, all, all that sugar. Yeah. But I don't know if you noticed today, but the strangest headline of the year award goes to, did you read this one? No. In papers yesterday. Putin pardons two cannibals who joined Russia's war in Ukraine. The fuck is that all about? I missed that. What? Two cannibals. Oh, God. But he's pardoned, but they pardoned of cannibalism. I'm presuming, I'm presuming that at some stage in the past they've eaten someone <laughs> to, to, to merit the title cannibal. Yeah. Bizarre. Um, what a bizarre world we live in, you know. And, um, um, how yeah. are you anyway? Well, not too bad, you know. It's very distressed on Thursday, you know. I, I um, walked right into the middle of that carnage 
uh, of Parnell Street. Mm. And um, I mean, it was very, very distressed. You were very distressed when I talked to you yeah. on Thursday. I don't evening. want to talk too much about the detail of it because, yeah. see, I'll have to, you know, yeah. I may have to make a statement, give evidence or something, mm. but um, it was very distressing. And the, but some of the fascinating things that happened that I will talk about were, you know, this this small child, very, just a small, small wee child, you know, on the steps, completely lifeless. I mean, she was completely lifeless throughout the whole period. And uh, a young man beside me, very determinedly, ferociously, giving her the kiss of life, infusing her lungs with oxygen, you know, absolutely determined that this child would live. And when the paramedics arrived, I mean, she was just a wee scoot, you know, just like a wee, a wee rag doll. Mm. The paramedics arrived then, you know, and then they're, now they're around her. Chest compressions, you know, the pad on her chest. It's just, just a small wee slit the side of her heart. And and then the fire brigade arrived, the big firemen, you know. It's like, you know, and they're all so powerful. And there they are, around this tiny human being, about eight people, yeah. fighting to save this precious human life. And, you know, then they, they so obviously the girl was the classroom assistant who'd been stabbed and who was quite composed and all to start with. And then she started to struggle for breath. But it was, it was a watch. And then they took her inside because they were going to obviously try the defibrillator. You know, and I mean, the child was just completely lifeless. And obviously what has happened is that the, the fella who refused to stop infusing her lungs has uh, kept her oxygenated enough for the defibrillator to spark her wee heart back to life. But, you know, it was an illustration of how precious a human life is. And, you know, then the ambulance arrives police car in front of the ambulance, you know. This whole humane system that we have built up swings into life to save this small child's life and the, and the classroom assistant's life. And, and one of the most extraordinary things that happened was that the gentleman who had uh, carried out the knife attack, he was then himself attacked and disarmed. And he then was injured. He was bleeding out from his mouth. And people were starting to become alert to what had happened. Because it's very confusing mm. when you come around there. Because there's throngs of people, you know. And you can see movement. But I think that probably the motorcyclist was the only person who saw it properly. Because he was coming parallel right. to the attacker. Coming down towards, you know, the main O'Connell Street sort of yeah. boulevard. Yeah. And so two, two, two fellas had engaged him. Then three girls, three women, formed a cordon, a protective cordon, knowing that he was the attacker, formed a protective cordon around him and stoutly defended him, refused to let anyone near. And their presence diffused all of that. And again, it was a testimony to the goodness of people you know what people are really like, mm. and and uh, 
I mean, uh, I mean, when when we're when we're recording this, the uh, the baby's still alive and fighting for life, and we just hope that um, that precious life is sustained. And uh, what a what a triumph that would be to come out of this catastrophe. Yeah. Um, no, it's 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 shocking whenever you're around something like that. How much of it seems to be almost in in, in within the tram lines of of normal day to day behavior. Like you would expect. Like obviously there are some things like explosions and. I just stuff. want to get a sandwich. I was just yeah. I was strolling back in my normal sort of lunchtime days, thinking because it was due to make a speech that night at mm-hmm. a poverty conference and. I mean, it was very, um, it was all very vivid, and the the child, you know, was so reminiscent of those horrific images that are coming out of Gaza. Mm. You know, these lifeless small mm. children like that, and you know, uh, the what happened afterwards? Then, you know, the rioting and the hate movement coming out, and you know this. This, this this sort of fantasy of the other that's 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 peddled, hmm. and I thought watching it, you know, that this dehumanization of the other, you know, in this case, it's 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 immigrants, often with the often with these people, it's it's this conspiracy that they're that they're trying to replace the the Irish sort of bloodline, all of that nonsense, and. I recall that when Matthew Collins came into us, the recovered neo-Nazi, mm. who's now sort of um, a leading light in the Hope Not Hate movement and has in- infiltrated these neo-Nazis and is very interested in what's happening in Ireland. Um, he said, hatred's not a political problem. You know, it's a psychological one, existing only in the mind of the hater. You know, I mean, in his case, you'll recall that he said to us, Dion, I mean, if we had a problem, Go and smash somebody in the face with a hammer. Mm. Something's not being done with the roads. Smash somebody in the face with a hammer. And you know this this hatred was unleashed again with those riots. And I mean, one one of the and they're all called you know all these anonymous trolls. They're all called like Glow Rogan and God Emperor and things like that. You know, obviously people with inadequacies leading sort of a fantasy life. I mean. Dermot Devlin, who's a champion of human rights in the North, you know, and Dermot is severely disabled and wheelchair bound, um, and a person of great integrity. And these haters started to attack him because he tweeted that the riots, the rioters in Dublin were exploiting the knife attack at the nursery to spread hatred and violence, that there was no link between these things. And uh, they started to subject him to the most sickening abuse. You fucking gnome. Shut your mouth, you cunt gnome, you cunt dwarf. You know. And I think that there's there's a, a very important role being played by Elon Musk and the other social media yeah. magnates who have allowed all of this stuff to flourish. This all should be shut down. You know, people should have to reveal their identity. Well I, I well I, that 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 is that's true, but I think there's actually it's also important at this stage to distinguish between Elon Musk who is now kind of adjacent to fascists and the other social network owners. No, but all, you know the, I mean? all the social no, networks yeah. are exactly the same. Well, I, I mean, they're not being policed. People are allowed to be anonymous, you know, and it's so, like, it doesn't matter to someone like me. 
But I just thought of how hurtful that must have been for Dermot being attacked in that way. You know. But I think um, I think this is this is and, one of and, the and, and, and it's done gleefully. And I think that you know the I watched a documentary recently called Ordinary Men. Mm. And it was based on a book written by Christopher Browning, a historian who who researched the book with sort of renowned psychologists, psychiatrists, historians from Germany around the world. And they they researched what they call the, the forgotten Holocaust. Mm. And that was, you know, the two million mostly Jewish people who were murdered in mass shootings by firing squads. Mm. I mean, these firing squads would start in the morning, early in the morning, and finish at night. You know, yeah. I mean, and this was this was like going out for a day's work. But one of the things that one of the themes of ordinary men, and it's on Netflix now, and I recommend it. I recommend it to anyone because it's an illustration of how ordinary people can, if the state dictates it. You know, and if there's a sufficient swell of hatred and there's sufficient media coverage and there's sufficient lack of education of our kids, etc., mm. how this can become the norm. One of the most striking things that happened with um, that Reserve Police Battalion 101, which is who he documented, their first massacre was in June 1941. And that day, they shot... Jewish people one by one, you know, a soldier would take a Jewish person and shoot them. They shot 1,500 people in a day, this one battalion. And it became so normal. The most striking thing being that they didn't have to do it. That's what all the research, all the, because they compiled very detailed reports by the week, sent them to Central Command, but none of them were under compulsion to do it. Not a soldier was ever shot or disciplined for refusing to shoot a Jewish person in those mm. mass shootings. But they all did it. And a police captain, a Julius Wolhoff, who was university educated, as as Christopher Browning said, he could this guy could discuss Mozart or Beethoven with you. He brought his new wife he brought his new wife on their honeymoon honeymoon to Poland to be at his side as he triumphantly carried out the clearing of the Medzerzik ghetto. That was 11,000 Jews. And his wife was present as he proudly took part in the mass shootings that followed, lining defenseless Jewish men, women and children up and murdering them. A thousand were shot there and then and the remaining 10,000 were packed onto the death trains to Treblinka. And he beamed proudly through it. He was doing his duty for the fatherland. And mm. that was his honeymoon. You see, the thing I think about that, and uh, it's, you know, it is when you see what happened in America, when you see what happened, you know, even elections in, in the Netherlands, you see Argentina, you see these far places, right. you know, these far-right movers. But fascism... Like, and, and all of this is hit. All of this is all hit. Is, yeah, but there's, but but there's also there are people being part of that movement and voting. And like this is the thing. This is the this is the thing that kind of weakens people's sort of uh, resolve about it in some ways because they say people say, well, you know, 
uh, 75% of people in Ireland say they think there's too much immigration or something. So actually, they can't all be far right. And that, that's fair enough. They can't because people, um, people have questions and people have, you know, have, have concerns which, I, you know, can be, can be dealt with. But the point is that at the, at the head of these things, at the head of these movements, there is, a, there is, there, there is always a fascist drive that is bringing people towards, as you say, those those objects of hate, those re, yeah. th- those things that they should hate, rather than looking at stuff uh, that are maybe you know the, the real reasons for for you know structural inequality and stuff like that. Yeah, but it's a, you know, it's a distraction. Yeah. But equally, it's important. It's very important when you see it. Like up until about seven minutes past two on January the sixth, there were still people saying, "Oh, you know, it's very simplistic to be referring to Donald Trump as a fascist." You know, yeah. and suddenly then, well, actually now they're now they're now they're yeah. now they're running I mean, into the la- Capitol building, laughing at disabled people. Yeah, you yeah, know, well, making that, that jokes was, was, you know, talking about white supremacists, boasting about boasting about you know grabbing women by the pussy and you know sexual assaults and all those sorts yeah. of things. I mean, all of them, all of all of these people, all of these people seem to have very decadent, very decadent moral codes. But I mean, I thought of the German police captain when I saw during the week Major Mosh Grunberg of the Israeli Defence Forces, making a special birthday video for his two-year-old daughter by blowing up a Palestinian school that was deserted. And his, his, all, his, all his colleagues cheered. The video was posted. Happy birthday, darling. I love you. I'll be home soon. And it, 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 it emphasised what Gideon Levy said, that if you subject people to sufficient propaganda over a period of time and the state subscribes to that propaganda, ordinary people are capable of anything and you know I, I thought that we might sort of trace through I mean one of the one of the striking things about the police battalion 101 um, was that they saw themselves as victims you know it was the government of Germany that had decreed this it was lawful so you know very very few of them are psychopaths you know, they had eminent psychiatrists reviewing all of the records. Many of them are still alive. Many of them uh, gave evidence at the Nuremberg hearings. But what what was most astonishing was the, the, the speed of the public process of dehumanizing the Jewish people. I mean, it was absolutely astonishing how, how quickly ordinary Germans became conditioned to mass murder. And very soon, they saw nothing wrong with it. You know, and I mean, the, 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 the key was that they were able to interpret orders in a way that was acceptable for them because human beings are very flexible and we're survivors. And if we're in a situation like that, we're very, we're, 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 we're very, very capable of adapting. You know, I mean, one officer said that he would only shoot children because if the parents were already dead, the child had little chance anyway. So that was his moral justification for that. You know, he killed thousands of children. And that was all he killed. You know. And when I saw on Friday the neo-Nazi and Britain first leader, Paul Golding, you know, and those there, the guys who remember Matthew Collins, you know, they idolize Hitler. Mm. Their anthem is Horst Vessel Lied, Hitler's favorite song and the anthem of the Third Reich. Cheering on the Dublin riots encouraging more of the same and tweeting 
Conor McGregor should call a freedom march in Dublin. A freedom march. Hundreds of thousands will turn up. The people of Ireland will be solidly behind him. Ireland is full. Ireland belongs to the Irish. Fucking Paul Goulding, a staunch supporter of loyalist paramilitaries. And of course, convictions for woman beating. And he's the new idol of Irish patriots. Ireland's for the Irish. He flew Dion to Belfast. I remember this for the 2015 loyalist riots. And, and, and I just happened to dig up a headline. Neo-Nazi Paul Golding in Belfast for loyalist flag protests, which have led to outbreaks of... Just get this for, 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 for uh, similarity. For outbreaks of serious violence, death threats against politicians, and heavy financial loss for traders. That is not exactly what happened on O'Connell Street yeah. on Friday. And this is the guy cheering on the Dublin riots and inciting Conor McGregor. His ex-partner, Jada Franson, was awarded 75000 after he was found to have beaten her and physically abused her. And, and as Matthew Collins told us, it's just hate and it's transferable. Well, it's completely transferable. And that's the thing. That's the, uh, and again, when we talk about it, it is important to frame it in terms of, uh, <laughs> I don't care how little people like it when you say far right or you say fascist or whatever, because... Hate, I, I think, may be better. Uh, well, yeah, let's call it, But the point I'll make about it, and, and fascism, one of, the, one of the properties it shares with sort of any uh, kind of any nostalgia is you can see it clearly for what it is um, at a distance, you know? Um, so people, people feel uncertain in the present day and they feel worried and they feel, uh, they feel unsure about things. But when they, when they get past it, they look back and they go, oh, that was a wonderful time. Fascism kind of is in, in reverse, you know. You look, back in the, you look back in history and go, this is when we were demonizing the Jews. This is when we were demonizing Asian people. This is when we were demonizing blacks. This is when, you know, the National Front were marching. Um, but at the time, hate, hate, hate and fear go hand in hand. So hate, hate is... is, is Hate is, 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 is risen up in people through their fears. It's through their fears. And, and, it's and, and what? Uh, yeah, but, but also, you need somebody no, but, to exploit no, but, okay, but, it. Somebody has to come yeah, along. No, somebody, a Nigel Farage yeah. or a British National Party. But let me party. finish this point, Joe. Like, what, what happens is, at, at that point, and, and Ireland is at that point now where people look around and they, you know, they, 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 they feel fearful and they see the other and they can have something then to hate, right? And yet there is nothing to fear and there is nothing to hate. Um, but it's such, Dion, it's such a tiny minority. I mean, you you get someone, right, like uh, a, a sort of a self-interested, really moral, you know, like Con Conor McGregor, right? He tweeted, Ireland, we are at war. That's what he tweeted. Now, what does that mean? That led to open season, in my view, and I've made a communication to the guards about this, he is guilty of, of of incitement to hatred under under the the the, the uh, legislation, and I mean, what else what else would it be other than an incitement to young men to come and get stuck in? Well, you know, the other I thing mean, is, this, is, 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 this is a guy who punched an elderly man in Dublin pub because he refused the offer of a drink. You know, a true Irish patriot who shut down a family-run barbershop in Dublin after seventy years when he tripled their rent. You know. And to be fair to him, to be fair to him, he has walked the walk when it comes to attacking buses. <laughs> That's true. And do you not remember in, uh, when he when his fight with Khabib? I do. He, Look, he rampaged yeah, with yeah. his 
entourage through the Barclays Centre, through a metal railing through the window of, of Khabib's bus. His entourage vandalised their buses, injured several people, threw bins and various missiles, and he got community service and very steep compensation orders. But his contributions are typical of wealthy haters. Now, he's just not very, he's not just very, he's just not very smart. First, stir it up. Ireland, we are at war. What a load of crap that is, right? Mm-hmm. Dublin's an unbelievably multicultural city. I travel safely there all the time. You know, obviously this was a very, very distressing, very, very unusual incident that happened. We're at war with whom? And then, then when it kicks off, and I didn't see Connor down there. I didn't see Connor down there with the Irish Patriots getting stuck in. Despicable scenes last night, he says. And what does he do? He uses two pictures. Jeez, he must have had to do some work to find two pictures of non-whites looting. You know, and you've got the Britain first leader cheering it on. And you've got, I notice all the senators are quiet, but there's a bit coming from grip. And there's a, they're just being very circumspect at the it, minute because they're sort of, what they do is they incite it, they build it up. They love to see it happening. And then they say, well, no, that was, that was really quite out of order. And you know, that, that really should. That yeah, really and, shouldn't and, have and happened. Should, you know, and the aim is to destabilize democracy. Let's ask some questions. Let's have a let's have a debate. Let's yeah. let's do all these. Let's have all these things. That, yeah. But the other thing, you see, the point about the other point about this, and you talk about it being a small group of people. That's that's fine, right? But it doesn't take many, okay? It doesn't take many, and it doesn't take many then to stoke fears, a within within people who look around and are concerned, you know, whatever they're concerned about. Yeah. But B, the other thing, and I listened to... RT, I mean, the city was empty on Friday morning. But I listened to RT Radio on Friday afternoon uh, coming out of town, and it was so sad to hear um, people, you know, black and Asian people who live in Dublin talking about how they didn't want to go into the city. They, you know, they, they, yeah. they went home or they were told not to get into the, to go into the city or they were told to stay away. And that's like, and I think there's been a huge up, you know, upsurge in defiance from most Irish people because of stuff like that, because they know that isn't who we want to be. But at the same time that you're talking about people living in this city, contributing to this city, contributing to this country, who are, who are saying that's how they felt. And that's why you, you can write it off as a small minority in some ways, and you're right. I'm not, right, I'm not no, writing it off. No, but you can say, okay, you can but I don't say... But I, I, I don't want to sort of give it undue No, but what significance. I'm saying, but the fear... You know, they burned a bus, they burned a Lewis. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's very visible. The pictures shoot around the world. The senators who are, who are interested in this stuff, the grips, all of those, they're sitting back. You can see this is all going the right way. Because the purpose is, and we've seen it in America and we've seen it very starkly in the UK, we'll come to that, is to destabilize democracy. You distract poor people from the real issues and causes of inequality. And instead of, for example, poor people going out and joining one of the grassroots political movements, getting involved in social activism, you know, they then riot, attack, loot. They're the ones who go to prison. You know, their families have to pick up the pieces, ruins whatever future they and their kids might have. And it's entirely self-defeating. It's just a circle of hatred, which is precisely what the elites want. You know, you manufacture a Brexit, you know, by othering the foreigner and othering the Ukrainians and all the rest of it. You know, it degenerates into vileness and it sets people at each other's throats. Or even if the perception is that it's degenerated into vileness, 
that is precisely the direction that they want to send us in. And the foot soldiers, they go. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. A prison. But it's all a fantasy. None of it's real. I mean, Sue Ella Breverman, the darling of the far right in the UK, she said, she said, right, multiculturalism has failed. And she's a big stump the boats woman. Her mother is Uma Mutiempele, a Hindu Tamil from Mauritius of Indian parents. She was recruited by the NHS as a nurse and brought to the UK. Her father is Christy Fernandez, a Kenyan of Goan descent. She's the niece of the Mauritian High Commissioner, Mahin Kundasami. She studied in France. <laughs> she studied in France and she's married to Rirayal Braverman who is devoutly Jewish she's the, she was the home secretary the prime minister is a Hindu of Indian origin his parents <laughs> are Yashvir and Usha who are both Hindus Usha was born in Tanganyika in South East Africa and Yashvir was born in Nairobi, Kenya and her, his wife, Akshata Murthy, is the daughter of the Indian billionaire, Narayana Murthy. Pretty Patel. Her paternal grandparents were born in Gujarat, India, before emigrating to Uganda. Her parents then uh, were immigrants from Uganda. Sajid Javid. I mean, they're all... I mean, he's a son of Pakistani Punjabi immigrants mm. to the UK. His family were farmers from the village of Rajana near Tobak Teksing in Punjab. You know, and uh, 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 Quasi Quarteng, the guy who crashed the pound. <laughs> his, <laughs> his parents emigrated from Ghana in the 60s. James Cleverly, the current Home Secretary, he's a big stop the boats man. His mother's from Sierra Leone in West Africa. And they're all saying, stop the boats, they're all saying that the peace marches in relation to Gaza are hate marches, because hate is profitable. I mean, Sue Ella Breverman's talking about the, an invasion of immigrants, protect our children from Pakistani grooming gangs, stop the boats. I mean, one of these 
uh, haters tweeted me yesterday to say, what about the million children who've been raped by Pakistani grooming gangs? Mm. I, I, I must have missed that. You know, and, and I don't know if you remember, it, it, it will always stick in my mind, Joan Salter, who's a Holocaust survivor, she confronted Braverman over her yeah. rhetoric. And she said to her, when I hear you using words like swarms and invasion, I am reminded of the language used to dishumanize and justify the murder of my family and millions of others. Because this playbook, Dion, you know, and, and, and I've read very carefully George Macari's masterwork of Fear and Strangers, A History of Xenophobia, is exactly the playbook that we see with these Irish haters now that was used by the Nazis, that was used before them by the British Empire. You know, that Indian people were monkeys and wogs and, you know, deformed, vile creatures and, you know, all of the dehumanization. And, and it's precisely the language that's been used in America and the UK. And now, as we've warned before, and as Matthew Collins warned us in our podcasts, this movement is burgeoning. Drew it's, Harris, in my view, has made a, a, an error and light touch with them, there should, there should be no light touch with hatred. You know, the social media companies have got to, have got to be forced to introduce a code where people have to give their names and details, just the way you would have to do when you're, you know, doing anything else legitimate online. And the interesting thing about Braverman, right, who's horrendous racist, as you know, uh, but 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 systematically and deliberately for the, for the, for her political career, in her maiden speech in the House of Commons, and I looked it up, her maiden speech. She talked about hoping that our marriage with Europe remains a happy and prosperous one in the decades ahead. If I succeed in making some small contribution during my time, it will reflect only a fraction of my gratitude to this country for the abundance of education, cultural and traditions that have made it great, for the tolerance and fellowship of the British people, and for the opportunities and liberties that my parents were allowed to enjoy. And under the current asylum scheme, her parents wouldn't even be allowed into Britain. Mm. And but so it's she clearly the, it's, decided that that wasn't the uh, it, it, it wasn't it, politic. It, you're not going to, you know, she's going to earn a fortune. And then she calls she calls the peace marches hate marches. She encouraged the far right out onto the streets of London. Let's say she's the she's the she's the Paul Golding. She's the Conor McGregor, right? Mm. She encouraged the far right out of the streets of London whenever the peace marches were going nowhere near the cenotaph. So you have five hundred thousand people going the peace marches, not a single arrest on the day. Mm. Two thousand far right thugs, a lot of soccer hooligans who have been identified and arrested, and of course members of the Orange Order, went on to attack the cenotaph, attack police officers violently. Tommy Robinson's people broke through police lines two minutes before the minute silence at the Cenotaph. Tommy Robinson tweeted this. Yeah. Mm. And you translate this to, to, to Conor McGregor in Ireland. Patriots, we must gather tomorrow to protect the Cenotaph. Britain is at war. And a large group chanting, you're not English anymore at the police, you know. And then... Home Secretary you sort see, of washes about, her hands of it. The thing about this, and the thing, and because this, hatred in the UK is mainstream now. Yeah, but the other thing about this is why, and you're right about social media, but it's also a way of amplifying and magnifying issues and concerns and incidents. 
you know, so like we, we see all the time, if there's, if there's violence now, we know about it. If there's something caught on, on, on somebody, somebody films something, everybody knows about it, whether it's WhatsApp or Twitter or whatever. So every, everybody's concerns are magnified. And when it comes to issues like this, this is why, um, like when people say, let's have it, we need to have an open debate now about this. And you're like, open debate about what? What do you want? What are you, what are you talking about? Because I was talking to somebody about this the other day who uh, works in, 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 in this area. And he was like, what do you, what do you want? Like, what is, what is the issue? If you want to have an open debate about immigration, like what is, say if you do, we said, what's the issue? There's no, there's no, there's no shortage of jobs. No. Right. Uh, you know, one in five of the people working in this country are, are, you know, born outside Ireland. Yeah. You know, they're coming in, they're working all the time. You saw the, like the, there was a great tweet from somebody about, you know, I, I was uh, jumped on by three uh, <laughs> immigrants today. See what Dr. Harl News said. Was, uh, he said five out of five Irish people abroad are immigrants. <laughs> well, that's... The, five out of five Irish people working abroad yeah, are immigrants. Yeah. Well, you know, like, yeah. and we talked about, yeah, but, but the other point is about this is, uh, like, what is the debate you want to have? Like, there is, uh, there, there is no real debate. There is poss- possibly something to be, be concerned about in terms of, of how slow Irish bureaucracy moves to actually ensure that mm. services are are available to people, but that isn't that isn't a reason for demonising the other. But also, this is the thing. Even in 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 times that aren't as as wild and as as kind of uh, contentious as now, it's always been the case everywhere that, for example people overestimate the percentage of, say, immigrants in their country. Yeah. Like if you, any poll, and I'm looking at a poll from 2010, every country, United States, it was, 40, if you ask, you ask people what percentage of the population is, are, are immigrants, 40% is what people said. The reality was 14%. Canada, 40%. Reality, 20%. Britain, 30%. Reality, 11%. And people are always imagining these things and it doesn't take much in a time of uncertainty for people to stoke that and to people to kind of create some sense that every everything everything is in jeopardy um because of uh the way the country is changing now i always thought and one of the most naive ideas i've ever had was i always thought we were protected from the kind of nostalgic trip that uh, Britain and America can could go down about you know we want to go back to you know warm pints of bitter and cricket on the village green stuff and you know make America great again because we could so demonstrably re- remember that like the 1950s and 19, 1950s Ireland you know dominated by the Catholic Church really a, a, a repressive place to live nobody could actually start harking back yeah. to that yeah but it's 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 beginning you're beginning to see it. You're beginning to see it. People, are, you know, people are talking about, oh, you know, it wasn't that bad a time. Uh, you know, lots of lots of good art was created in that time, and um, you know, there was, you know, people managed to create things. You know, there was some great writers appeared. Every great writer appeared, drank himself to death. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, but uh, but maybe that wasn't the, maybe that wasn't the, the fault of the Church or of Ireland. But it w- but but it, it's funny that that is now that is out there too, and that is out there because. That will then get into people's heads that actually, yeah, no, Ireland was a nicer, simpler, safer place when yeah. uh, you know millions the of people is, when 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 our population was stagnating. Like the reality, on um, just you know, 
facts don't really matter, as Matthew Collins re- has pointed well, no out. Facts but, but like, the reality is, you smash like, them in the face with a hammer. Like, yeah. Did you see that there was a there was a thing recently where they showed if Ireland's population had increased since 1845 at the same rate as England had in the same period, there'd be 26 million people living here. Yeah, you know, we we're not we're not full. No, it's we're all, really it's, not it's, full. It's a fantasy. Memories pass away from the gallant lives just given for this land. But on the cosmos call to the joy and wheel and woe to make this nation free and so grand. God save Ireland, says the heroes. God save Ireland, says the all. And whether on the scaffold high or the battlefield we die, no matter when for Ireland, dear. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. <laughs> 